Okay, I'm gonna just say it right off the bat. The audio space that I'm using to record this episode is doing some hecka mansplaining right now, and it's really pissing me off because I don't know if it knows, but I've used this program before. Bought myself a new laptop, I don't know why, I did, like, I kind of needed it, but, like, kind of, like, also didn't, but then here I am existing with a brand new laptop. You can see it's elevated, you can see there are wires protruding from it. I'm trying to make sure that I have a setup that could just make it so that I can just have everything running smoothly. Okay, so here's the deal. The last laptop that I had, I would use it for my Zoom acting classes, and I had this little USB hub that I could put into the side because MacBooks just do not have USB ports. So, <laughs> what? You don't, you don't have USB ports? There's, there's no USB ports. Yeah, so I don't know if you know this. Everyone does, but I don't know if you don't know this. But the no USB port thing is kind of a fucking drawback. So... They give you these little dongles that you can put into the side and then you can just have anything happen. But the thing is, you only use the USB dongle. Huh? Pretty crazy, huh? Or you could, you could just put USB ports on the side, VGA port on the side, HDMI port on the side. But the thing is, I guess they make the laptop so thin these days that you cannot put a USB on the side. Like, it literally, I guess the USB port is just too large. Maybe just make the MacBooks a little bit thicker. Huh? Why don't you start feeding your MacBooks some milk? Why don't you make a MilkBook Mac? Huh? Let's think about the MilkBook Mac for a sec. We're going to take it back into the farmland. You guys ever played Farmville before? Grow some sunflowers. You got a tractor. Color it. Put up a little fence. Right? Everyone was on Farmville, okay? I had a dope farm. Sure, your mom had a dope farm. My mom just got Animal Crossing, so she's not playing the little slot machine game that she used to anymore. My mom used to just go home after a long day of work and just do the slot machine app. There's no money. She just watches the colors go. And I said, Mom, you got to get into some like cooler casual gaming. So she just picked up a Nintendo Switch with Animal Crossing. Really proud of her. Everyone, give a round of applause to my mom in the chat. Okay, so let's talk about the MilkBook Mac. So the MilkBook Mac is what I'm thinking is, is what we do is we just take a bunch of MacBooks and we just drink them. We just, we just fill them with milk and then they get real thick. Okay, so if you have a MacBook Pro, a MacBook Air, or just a MacBook, we're going to do the MilkBook Mac ritual right now. And you take a big, um, a mug will do, right? You take a MilkBook or you take, you take a, a milk mug. You take your milk mug and then you pour it on your MacBook and that will make a mug of milk MilkBook Mac. Okay. And so that helps us out because it gives us a lot more room so that we can plug in a bunch of different things. We can plug in USB. We can plug in HDMI. There's a headphone port. Lucky, right? We're lucky that there's a headphone port on this. I don't use corded headphones. Not a peasant, right? But is that offensive? Oh, I, I use corded headphones. They're actually good. I use, cord, I use corded headphones because of the fidelity of sound. Right? Everyone's using the cordless headphones these days. You don't get a cord caught on anything anymore. Everything's trying to be cordless. I prefer it, honestly. Because I remember back when I had corded headphones and I would see people with the AirPods over there. And I would look at them and I would go like, it looks like you got a little booger dangling from your ears. It's, it's like it's like an old person's take on like a like a nose ring. They're like, oh, it looks like you got a booger in your nose. But like it's 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 the ear thing instead. I'm like, it looks like you're it, it looks like you wear a couple of earrings in your ears. But eventually, 
got myself some AirPods. I think I started with the AirPods, did not go straight to AirPod Pros because you just don't know if you're going to like it. Why would you spend $300 on something you don't like? Don't know. So started off with the, just the normal AirPods, put them in my ears, and I was like, wow, this is the shit. This is the dopest thing. And, and you just, you open them up and you just pop them out and put them in your ears and then music just happens. Okay. Now, sure. You never had to, never had to go through syncing, syncing your new headphones with the old corded guys. You don't have to do that with the, with the AirPods either, especially if you're using them on a, on an iPhone, like a normal person. Oh, I use Android because, because on the, on the Android, we can customize our surfaces and I can change my font to Comic Sans. Oh, good for you, Andrew. Yeah, your phone's super custom. I love that for you. I don't want to even customize my phone. In fact, most of the time with my phone, don't want to look at it. I look at my phone a lot, looking at it right now. But like, my phone's not something I want to just make 100% my own, right? I could just like organize the, the, the app screen, right? The home screen where you put all the apps. I don't even do that. Now, originally, I did this thing because apparently it's good for your organizational skills if you just organize your apps in terms of it, it in, in, in color. Don't know. Don't know if it, it, if it benefited my life. I even did a little customization thing with my home screen where if I triple click the home button, it turns to black and white. Huh? Could do that right now, actually. Because it makes your apps look less interesting. It makes you not want to like check out your notifications as much because when the notifications pop up on the phone and you go, Whoa, shit, a, li a little red thing. I need, I need, I got to click on that. Do you know why? It's a little target, right? What gets your attention? Blue? No, it's behind me. Blue is behind me, right? Maybe you can't tell because there's space or something. I put some kind of backdrop behind me. We'll just show you a little blue screen for a sec, right? Blue's not going to catch your attention. Purple, maybe, because it's a creative color, right? Would not say blue is a creative color. But red, you see red and you're like, oh shit, is that something red? That's got my attention. Why is that? Um, dangerous animals. Let's go back to primal times. We are we are before the the asteroid impact, living with dinosaurs. I don't think that's actually how that works. Let's go, let's go, let's go post-asteroid impact, if you will. So Post-asteroid impact, humans beginning, right? When we are primal humans, foraging, looking around, gathering leaves, making homes, there are dangers in the jungle. You look to your left and you see nothing, but you hear something. You look down, what is it? A snake. A snake is coming for you. How do you know it's dangerous? Nature will tell you. The snake that's dangerous probably has some form of stripe on it some kind of red some kind of yellow some kind of black or in terms of a corn snake all of those colors right they have every single one of the danger colors but they're not actually dangerous but closely akin to the to the corn snake is actually the other snake, which is poisonous, and I don't even know the name of it. Let's look it up. What is corn snake? So the corn snake is, is that the dangerous one? Oh God, it's not even a corn snake. It might be a corn snake. Anyway, red is the color of danger. 
And we've just built up that association inside of our heads. And then when we see the little, the, the red, anything red, it just catches our attention. We're like a bull. It's like, it's like we're paired up a Spanish matador and a bull. And the Spanish matador raves, ra- rave, waves the red thing. And the bull goes, I see red. That makes me real mad. A human's just waving a red cloth. I'm going to show him who's boss. He thinks he can make me mad by just waving a red cloth. Charge that guy. Destroy him. I don't want him around anymore. So the bull charges the matador. And he, ole! And then that's that. Do they even do that anymore? Or have animal rights come so far? I can see animal rights going a little bit too far in Vancouver. We live with geese here. Geese are second-class citizens. In fact, you go to the beach, you hang with your friends. Who the fuck rolls up? No, it's not Billy. It's a gaggle of geese. A flock. A, a, a gander. That's it. I think it's called a gaggle if they're flying. I don't know why. Only if they're flying. It, they, it, they, they call a group of geese when they're flying a gaggle. But if they're grounded, it's a gander. Okay? But we live with ganders and gaggles of geese. <laughs> and they're dangerous. They are big, beefy boys. Have you ever seen a Canadian goose? Where are you watching this from? Probably somewhere where you've seen a Canada goose before. They're beefy boys. You think of a bird, you think like of a, of a tiny little guy you can hold in your hand, crush it if it annoys you. A goose? Big boys. Those are big beefers. You don't see birds that size unless it's a bird of prey. Those are elegant, dangerous, sharp claws, actually dangerous, and they don't fuck with humans. But you know what does? A gaggle of geese. Because, yeah, you're hanging out at the beach. You don't see Billy rolling up yet. You see a flock of geese just roll up and coexist with humans. Kind of cool, but they're dangerous. And they shit on everything. Now, Now, yeah, like, I would be down with living in tandem with geese if they didn't, like, shit everywhere and hiss at people. You know, you get real close to a goose and they, ah! You look a goose dead in the eye and you're like, what, what, what the fuck? I'm, I'm living. And it's like, ah, like, don't live close to me. Ah. And, then, and then maybe it attacks you. And if one goose attacks you, maybe more will. Because I've noticed geese superiority, especially in this city that I live in. They basically get the same rights as human beings. I wouldn't be surprised if I, if, if I saw an, a goose walk out of an elevator. And all the humans are just pressed up against the side like, oh my god. Because they're fucking terrifying. You ever seen a goose on a roof? They have webbed feet. Those are reckless geese. Those are called roof goose. You stay away from the roof goose because you know that's the one that's going to be hissing at you. They flew up to the edge of a building and they know they don't have little clawy feet. They got webbed feet. They're made for being aquatic and paddling. So what you doing up on a roof, huh? Thinking goose thoughts? Who are you going to shit on next? Because I went tricking with my friend Dan, martial arts tricking, look it up in a fucking Google, okay? We went and did some tricking in a little field. I keep pointing this way, outside, outside is this way. We went and did tricking outside, that way, and there was goose poop everywhere. We wanted to complain, we wanted to bitch, but we just decided we're manly men. doesn't matter if we step on a goose poop, and even if we do, it's... It's kind of like a, just, just a, a, a new thing for us to overcome, right? And speaking of new things to overcome, 
herpes. Just kidding. There's a new activity for me coming up later on today. I will be fighting. Not invisible enemies like usual. But this time, I will be fighting pads. I'll be fighting with strangers. Hopefully there will be a friend or two, but I'm meeting up with a martial arts group with some, some, some people from the Vancouver stunt community. They seem chill. I got to work on a little Street Fighter fan film with them directed by my friend Stanton. That was dope. And on that set, I got to be an extra. It was actually kind of dope because we were inside of a warehouse. It was all homies. And so in between shots, my friend Dan and I, who were human experiments, we just got to like run around and just like goof off. But then if they needed us, eventually they forgot our names and they actually forgot our roles too. So they would just call Naked Experiments. Come on over. The role was called Human Experiments and we were in our swim trunks. So mm, kind of naked, but eventually we just devolved to being called Naked Experiments. And what the real extra, like being an extra on set type of experience is, it's, it's not having your name be forgotten. It's uh, having someone stand up for you for having your name being forgotten. Like they would call like, okay, naked experiments. And then, and then someone would go, they have names. <laughs> and that, that is the extra experience. But so I met these people on this set. I'm sure they don't remember me because I was an extra. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? Maybe a little reintroduction is in order. But... Yeah, it's like a martial arts group. We're going to be meeting up. I bought some boxing gloves, scammed my friend Jovi for some. We talked about that last week. Big ordeal. Can't believe that was only a week ago. Felt like a long time ago. I was really hurt by that whole thing, right? But it'll be nice to just kind of try something new because today could go and do a Sunday sesh, go do some parkour, would actually prefer it. But my body's too fucking sore. I did a bunch of kettlebell swings. Why? I was angry. I was like... On the, on that, that wasn't even what I did yesterday. That was like the day before. I wasn't even angry when I did the kettlebell swings. Can we just rewind the clock a little bit? Did a bunch of kettlebell swings, and they have made the tops of my hamstrings really fucking sore. No one tells you that like when you do kettlebell swings, you get like next level sore. Like sure, if I'm like doing weightlifting and stuff, like, like yesterday I was doing the freaking bench press trying to get my tits hard, but like you get like kind of sore from that. But when you do kettlebell swings, bruh, like, I was, like, standing, and I was like, who's hurting me? I was like, who, who, ow, ow, it hurts. And I wasn't doing anything, I was just standing. So I spent my whole shift at Origins, the parkour gym that I work at, I was just doing rehab stuff on my buttocks the whole time. How do you do that? You sit on a ball, not the two balls that you are born with, a lacrosse ball. You take that put it on your thigh and get rolling around you're gonna get your muscles real smooth eventually and then when someone grabs your butt they're not gonna say damn you're tense because you've been rolling around on top of a ball but okay so i'm gonna be doing this combat thing what's going on today we're doing taekwondo kicks don't know what those are bunch of pad work love it and we're gonna be working on corks awesome i need to work on corks they're terrifying for me and I guess we'll be doing them on a tatami mat. I've done some on concrete. I've done some on spring floor. Tatami mat, don't know. I don't think you'll be getting any kind of lift, any kind of squeeze, any kind of boost from that kind of floor. But it'll be dope to just like work on those for a little bit. And like, I'm not learning them. I'm refining them. 
that's nice. If we were just learning them, I don't know if I would be as down because like corkscrews take a long time and a lot of frustration to work on. Like anybody who I know that's good at corks had to put in like a ton of like frustrating work. Like my friend Rare, when he was learning his corkscrews, one of my Pody boys, by the way, what up Rare? Also happy birthday, heard you were partying last night, awesome. But he was one of the first ones out of all of us to learn corks and like he put in fucking work on those like just constant training sessions where like he would just go for them and not land them and then i would be like damn i don't know if this is gonna happen like i I would watch him work on them and i'd be like damn like i don't know if he's ever gonna land these and then he did because he worked on them for a long time he worked on them for like a year year and a half maybe i could just be making this up if you're watching this and this is inaccurate whatever let me say this for you let me stand up for you let me make this dope. Because, like, yeah, he worked on them for a long time. But then he had them down pat. Like, he had them more solid than anybody else. He had the most beautiful-looking corks, man. And, like, corkscrews are, like, one of those hard work things. Like, having a good corkscrew is like having a good handstand. Like, it, it doesn't take much to have a solid side flip or a dope front flip. Like, some of that stuff just kind of comes to you. But, like... A good handstand, good flexibility, a good corkscrew, nice kicks. Those are shits that like you work a long time on refining because you don't just learn the move, you fuck it up over and over and over again. And the camera's gonna die now. Okay, so what the fuck is happening with this battery that I have? So I, I bought some like extra batteries to work with this camera that I've got, the Sony A7S II, expensive. It's really nice, but these batteries that I have, some of them fucking suck. Like I have this big intricate setup that basically I, I do this for my acting classes that happen on Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> but um, I basically set up the podcast studio to do my acting classes because I love having my footage just be like this. Like what you are seeing right now, like I look like this for my acting classes. It's dope. As opposed to like using my FaceTime camera on my, my laptop. Laptop cameras fucking suck, dude. They're ugly. You think I'm cute in this footage? Check me out on the FaceTime camera. Uggo. Who's dating that? No one, probably. Unless you got low standards. But check me out on this camera. That's how I look on there. And so it's really frustrating when I'm in the middle of a scene and I forget that I put a shitty battery inside the camera and then like, what the fuck? It dies. Mid scene. Real frustrating because like, yeah, it's dope that I have like a dope setup and I look great. But if the camera dies, then like, I feel like the acting teacher is going to be like, hey, why don't you just like do the shitty setup now? Like maybe it's not worth it if it's dying mid-scene. Maybe you were about to have a good scene. That's kind of the fun part about acting though. I was like, sure, maybe like something fucks up on one of your one of your good takes. But the cool thing about acting is like, if you just give them options each time, like, okay, so I was watching this behind the scenes thing um, for Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. And I've just been watching like Viggo Mortensen, AKA Aragorn, oh, dopest guy ever. With that, that's like goals. Like I want to be like that when I grow up. Like I want to be that. I want to fucking be that. Um, but he was saying that a lot of actors treat each take, like even even the trash takes, like they treat them like they're not going to be used, and so they don't give variety. But if you if you do things differently, subtly each time, and give the editors options, then you can just play around and have fun. And that's what acting is. Is like 
you get to live authentically in the circumstances. It's not like move robotically and say the words exactly how they're meant to be said. Like have some freedom, like get flowing with it and just like give the editor options because that's what a real actor, what a real television actor does. This book I'm reading right now, it's like it's constantly shitting on television acting because it's, it's written by like one of those famous theater actors, Uta Hagen, who is total, a total legend. But like the one thing that triggers me the most is like when she just like shits on TV acting because that's what I like the most. So Uta Hagen, I think you're dead. So respect. But like, damn, maybe next time don't shit on television acting because television acting is kind of dope too. Sip. Did I clap sync? I feel like I should just clap again. Just cut out that part for a sec. <laughs> I'm coughing. Hi, everyone. We're coming back from coughing now. But yeah, I was just like, um, I've got two more weeks in this acting class that I'm in, and it's been pretty fun. But um, one of the most frustrating tips that I get, which is something that I, I really need to work on, is having done the work, which is not a problem for me, I do the work, like I do my homework, I do the script analysis, I, I fucking make my choices, I do everything, I've got all the cool little actor tricks, that's not the problem, the problem is like breathing myself into the scene and then letting it happen authentically and letting each moment like come to me, you know, because in my head I feel like I have to be the orchestrator of everything that happens inside of the scene and therefore my acting comes off as robotic and my timing comes off as a little bit off. So the thing that I've been working on the most is like doing the work and dropping the work and just, and just living in the scene, like, like being comfortable with the choices that I've made and then just letting whatever fucking happens happen and like not saying something until I feel motivated to say it. Cause, cause in my head, I'm like, what if I never feel the motivation to say the thing? But that's fearful thinking. That's like, that's like, what if I never make being an adult work? It's like, what, what the fuck? You know, we, we just have these like weird little fears that stop us from living up to our full potential. But like, sometimes we can just overcome those by, by taking a poop in our hands and throwing it. Right? Like I was saying something inspirational and then I just took it right off the rails. Cause like, sometimes you just realize that that's like that. But so I've got this Kung Fu thing coming up today. It's not actually Kung Fu. I think it's actually disrespectful to call it that, but, um, yes, um, and then other than that, like what has been happening yesterday, I got very angry. <laughs> yesterday, I woke up and really had to poop. What's new? Like the second I wake up, I have to poop urgently. And, and I wish I knew what made that happen. I don't know if it's a dietary thing. Sometimes I don't eat before bed, still wake up with an urgent need to shit. Other times, not so much. Like, I don't eat so much and then I still have to shit. But no matter what, when I wake up, it's like, yo, we need to go poop now. And usually that works out for me because, like, the schedules in our house kind of sync up in a sense where we can just use the faculties of the house without being in the way of each other. But yesterday was just, it just just did not work. I was supposed to record the podcast yesterday and 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 just timing wise did not work why so jovi likes to take hour long showers literally a fucking hour long maybe 40 minutes maybe 50 but i woke up he had already been in the shower for a long time i could tell he had been there probably at least 20 minutes and then i was like 
damn, I got a shit. I hope he's out soon. 40 minutes later, he's still in the shower. I'm in pain. I am furious. And, and like, I can't, I can't function when, when I'm like, I have to poop that bad. Like, like, my whole reality just bends around poop. Like, I am just in poop realm, and I just, like, everything is pain. I'm just holding it in. Like, sure, you could, you could say, like, oh, why don't you just start your day? Why don't you cook breakfast? No, I can't fill up my stomach. It's full of poop. You could say, like, um, and, and I can't eat because I have my retainer in. And I, if I, I, wh where do I put my retainer? In the bathroom. Um, so already I was upset and I was like, okay, maybe I just meditate. And the whole time, instead of focusing on the meditation that my meditation app was providing me, I was like, just, just sitting with my anger and just like trying to let it pass over me. No, the anger stayed for hours. I was furious because just I guess just pain and like one of my one of my comforts one of my creature comforts as a human being is just knowing just just being able to poop when I have to poop and when I can't do that it, it just upsets me so much like if there if I must poop and there is no bathroom around maybe if there's a forest I'll, I can go use that that's fine whole story around that there's a comedy act that I'm working on with that but if I am being denied the toilet, damn brother, I get murderously angry, murderous rage, like I'm, I'm thinking just negative thoughts, like, like it just takes me out of my pleasant existence, which is where I, I exist most of the time, kind of anxious, kind of energetic, I don't know, like sometimes I just exist in a state of, of euphoria most of the time, but when I can't poop, everything just turns red, and I'm angry, and then I, I finally got my poop out, but I was still angry, so I went for a run, and then came back, and I was like, okay, I'll eat, and then go in the shower, and then record the podcast, but who is cooking in the kitchen? It's Jovi. He is cooking in the kitchen, and I cannot cook, and I'm like, fuck, so I jump in the shower, and then come out, and then I cook, and I eat, and then it's time to go. I gotta get to work. I was really doing my best not to take it out on anyone. But there was a point where like I needed to find some scissors to open up a bag of frozen broccoli. And then Jovi was like, what are you looking for? And I went, scissors! And then I was about to leave. And then, and then Davis came out of his room. And, and I think Jovi was talking or something like that. And I just went, okay, bye, guys. And then I just left. Usually I'm like, bye, guys. Love you. And then just like fucking frolic up the stairs. And then this time was just like, goodbye. I am leaving. And then I went and sat on the bus and then just thought negative thoughts the whole time. I, I, I did a little bit of like writing. I did, I did some comedy writing on anger, just like trying to utilize the state. Also, little actor trick that I've been learning because part of being an actor is being very sensitive to your surroundings, being sensitive to how you work, being sensitive to your senses. Um, I was trying to pay attention to how I behaved when angry. Now, I used to think that anger meant volume that like when you're angry you yell really loud and you get just like yelly but like that was just like the way that my house worked when I was a kid when people were angry they would just yell at each other but like anger works in different ways for example when I was angry um I got very quiet and very short did not take up a lot of volume and and cool thing thank you meditation thank you stoicism I didn't take it out on anyone because I know that that can lead to negative effects down the road. So even when I'm like at peak anger, 
there's still a little something stopping me from inflicting on someone or trying to talk things through because I know better than to talk through my problems when I'm still experiencing that negative emotion. Because there's no way to have a reasonable, logical dialogue when you're still in the middle of being fucking angry. Which eventually we did, like I, I did get a little bit of distance from that anger at three o'clock at night when Jovi came back and I got to just like talk to him about it which is fine now because when he's in the bathroom taking his hour-long showers if I really urgently need to poo I can just knock and come in now but prior we had agreed that I wouldn't do that because it happened very frequently and then who wants a stinky shower nobody but it hurts when I have to poo in the morning it is pain I just hate it it makes me angry when I cannot poop so new agreement around the house when I gotta go nice one that's excellent. I can just go now. So, but I was very angry. I was sitting on the bus and like, I remember looking out the window and seeing some like guy in a car pulling into a parking spot and he almost like backed into a car behind him. And I was like, do it, do it. Like I was just so fucking like, I, I was just wishing ill for everyone. Like, especially just being on the bus during coronavirus times, which is still happening. If you're watching this in the future, um, there's also like a degree of contempt that you build up towards your fellow human beings when you're compacted into a setting like that. Cause you're like, like, like how can you not during coronavirus? It's like, like you see someone not wearing a mask or if someone stands too close to you or if someone's coughing next to you on a bus, you're like, what the fuck? You are putting me at danger. Like it just like, it just, you, it's, it's so easy to fall into contempt for fellow human beings currently. So if you can put in that work to just, Try your best to find a positive outlet for anger. Do that because anger makes you do stupid shit, bro. Especially when you let it control you. Like you are no, like th there is no stupid like angry stupid because that is short wave thinking. Like you are just like there is no thinking going on. There is just like I want this to happen. I'm going to say this. I don't care what the fuck the consequences are. Because not only not only is anger like <clears throat> you feel hostile towards everything. Part of anger is a disregard for consequences. Like, sure, you could say anger is ultimate presence, right? <laughs> so you could say you are fully in the moment because your brain is nowhere else. You're just fucking, but you're, you're in the moment, but you are fucking angry about everything happening. But then there's also a part of anger that's like you are thinking of like the worst thing to say to everyone. Like if someone says like, hello, how are you doing? And you're like, I am not doing well. In fact, I wish that you would poke out your eyes and die. Like you are just like thinking vile thoughts with that level of specificity, as opposed to like when you are in like a normal peaceful state, words just kind of come to you. Or this is how it works with me. I don't know. Maybe you think about what you say before you say it for me. Words just kind of come to me and I speak them. That's why I do a podcast because I just kind of turn on the tap and then just kind of see what happens. But when you're angry, it's like you are thinking of like the worst fucking possible thing you could say to any one person at any time. Usually you don't act on it. Like you'll be thinking like, like you, you see someone sit down next to you and you're like, you're thinking like how, how to say to this person, hey, I wish you would not sit so close to me. Do you know that there is a global pandemic on right now? You could cough on me and I could die. But instead when they like bump into you, you're like, sorry, because you're Canadian. But imagine what would happen if you were in somewhere where people, you, if you were in a setting where people were more confrontational, because sure, coronavirus is one thing in Vancouver, but people are polite, people are courteous. Imagine if you were somewhere where people are more confrontational, America. America sounds fucking terrifying right now because it was already a confrontational society. And then, and then you get coronavirus where people are building up contempt against each other, against your fellow human being, and then, and then actually expressing it without thinking. 
I think that's what's going on. That's what the news is letting me believe. Maybe it's just peaceful there. I don't know. But anger makes you do stupid shit. Like, I remember one time when I was in junior high, like, most of the stories that I tell you are just from me being in junior high. I don't know what the fuck that is. But I remember one time when I was in junior high, we were playing floor hockey, and then the goalie guy who was who was playing the, the goalie role, he... He threw the puck like like someone scored on him. And he took the puck and he went to, he went to throw it back into the middle, and he messed up and threw it and hit me in the face. And that that made me so angry, especially as a young teenager full of hormones and erections. And and he hit me in the face, and then my dick got hard, and I just went, "You are fucking dead." And then class ended, and then we went into the locker room to to do to to change and stuff because no one actually fucking showers in junior high. There wasn't even the showers were locked off because no one wants to see each other naked in junior high. Penises don't exist at that age, right? Pedophiles, fuck you if you're a pedophile. Uh huh. Watch me stand against pedophiles. I'll say it right here. I'm against them. Isn't that funny when people say that they're against things that like most people should be against anyway? Like they just like want to like put it out there like. They'll, they'll say, like, this is my post condemning white supremacy. Like, oh, dude, thank God, dude. I thought that you stood for white supremacy. That's crazy that I know that now, even though that is a current problem. And maybe, maybe I don't have the correct take on it, and maybe those posts are required. But currently, it's just like, oh, dude, good for you for being normal, right? Nice one. But yeah, so so dude threw a puck in my face. My dick got hard, and then we went into the locker room. And I pushed him up against the locker. Dick still fully erect, slipping into his ass. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> I was really mad. I was pushing him up against the locker, and I knew that I wouldn't get in trouble if he swung first. So I was like, I was like, hit me, fucking hit me. And I was just like, <laughs> I just really wanted him to initiate the fight, and then he didn't. So we didn't have a fight. But if he did, that would have been my first and only fight. But there has been another instance where I kind of punched a friend of mine. Kind of a weird little situation in grade six. We were walking home, and it was Calgary, so of course there's fucking snow and ice on the ground. So he, for whatever reason, we were talking, and then he picks up a piece of ice and throws it and hits me in the back of the head. Didn't really hurt. Like, it did, but it didn't. You know, it didn't, like, cut or anything. Could have. Ice is sharp. Glass watery glass but he hits me in the back of the head and I was like ah angry and then he comes up to see if I'm okay he puts his hand on my shoulder and I turn around and just fucking right hook him in the face and then that was that felt really good and then and then I kept walking for a little bit and then I just pretended to faint in the grass and then I pretended to just forget everything that had happened and I'm really glad that he never held that against me because that's like a really weird kid thing to do like I feel like if he held that against me and just like told everyone at school like yeah Josh like punched me in the face and then fainted and then pretended to just forget everything that happened yeah, that would have made me the weird kid. But we ended up being good friends, and like we still ended up chilling, like especially in high school. Like we were we were super homies back then because like we would like lift after school. We'd be the beefy boys. There would be like a squad of like twenty of us who would like pull up to the gym and just take the whole thing over and just be super loud and smelly, and that was super fun. But that was lifting, and that's my take on anger. And other than that, I don't think anger has really driven interactions of mine that much. But it is interesting when an extreme negative emotion visits you. But just make sure not to let that take you over. Anyway, I'm probably going to cut it here because I got to get ready to go. In fact, I'm probably going to be late already. But um, catch you guys later. Bye now. Yeah.